It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jones back, throws over the middle, ball got popped up in the air, intercepted by Taylor Noah, who fucked game over. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Instant Reaction podcast. I'm your host, Rob Stats Guerrera. Join me. Welcome to 13 straight regular season wins by your San Francisco 49ers and oh man does it feel good and I know we were stressing in the beginning I know we were worried about it Brock didn't look sharp but let's just reflect in the end 49ers get their 13th straight regular season victory and doesn't it feel good doesn't it just feel damn good we didn't even have the number one receiver in the game, and they still put up 30 points. It's unbelievable. We should just call him 30-point Purdy because that's all Brock Purdy does. He only has one start in his career where his offense did not put up 30 points, and that was a short week in Seattle with broken ribs where they didn't even know if he was going to be able to throw. This was a fantastic game by the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, before I get rolling, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, if you would. Shout out to John Archibald. I see you, John. New YouTube channel member. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. I really do appreciate it. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. So please, if you want to support the channel, I really, really do appreciate it. I promise you, you will get your money's worth. Okay, let's dive into it. Um, Larkin, YouTube channel member, says, Laugh out weird. Glad they all count the same in January. You know, it was a Thursday game. The Niners were a little banged up. Not, I don't think, like, with guys being injured, just physically coming off of the week against the Rams. Like, I think that was a physical game for them. and. Look, it takes a little while, and I'll say this. Wink Martindale blitzed the hell out of Brock Purdy in this game. Brock faced more blitzes, I think, in the first half or tied for the most than he had ever seen in any game in his young career. So Wink Martindale was blitzing the hell out of Brock Purdy, and I think that that made life difficult for Brock. And again, remember, he's just still feeling his way. I know he looks really polished and everything, but he's inexperienced too. And Wink Martindale is a really good defensive coordinator for the Giants. He used to be the Ravens defensive coordinator. 
You know, I think he kind of made it life really, really difficult on Brock. He, he forced Brock to make quick decisions and then also to make a lot of throws in traffic, you know, around people with guys all around you. They wanted to put the pressure on Brock Purdy. I saw a tweet just to illustrate the point. Next Gen Stats had it at one point that Brock was blitzed on 79% of his dropbacks, 19 of 24. It was the highest blitz rate by a defense in the Next Gen Stats era. And... Then that tweet was later updated at one point in the game to 82.8% of Brock Purdy's dropbacks. So they were just blitzing the hell out of him and forcing him to make very, very quick decisions in the game. And so I think that's why it kind of took the Niners a little while to adjust. They did adjust, obviously. And when they did, they started putting up points. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm just going to open up a little adult beverage here. Take a sip, a victory sip, if you will. I'm by myself tonight, so I'm trying to uh, preserve the vocal cords a little bit. So the that was the first thing that jumped out to me was the blitzing by Wink Martindale. Um, it messed with Brock, but but this is like this goes in the memory banks now with Brock, right? This goes into the all right. Here's what to do. I've never seen this before. Here's how I would adjust. Here's how I handled it. And I thought the way the 49ers handled it mostly was unsurprising screen passes and quick passes to Christian McCaffrey, to Debo Samuel, to George Kittle. Brock Purdy was 25 of 37 in the game that, uh, and he also had, what was it? 310 yards and two touchdowns. That's a career high in yardage for him. That ties a career high in completions for him as well. So Brock was getting the ball out of his hands and he was getting it to his playmakers. And Oh my Lord, let's just dive into it right now. Okay. Debo Samuel is a freaking truck. He's unstoppable out there on the field. He is so damn physical. He's so damn fun to watch. And I'm going to say this now. Debo Samuel, a good receiver, Debo Samuel, is back. This is the good guy. This is the guy that we saw a couple years ago where you're like, damn, he's getting open. He's making guys miss. He's breaking tackles. Six catches, 129 yards for Debo and a touchdown on a beautiful deep throw by Brock on the right side again, kind of similar to the one he hit Ayuk on in week one. Just kind of threw it up there. Debo made a good catch with a guy on him. That basically salted the game away. But good Debo's back. And if good Debo is back, the league is in trouble because good Debo is one of the best receivers in the league. Good Debo is 1,400 yards with less than 80 catches, which is something that has been done by very few people in the history of the NFL. So if we get that Debo and then we get Ayuk back at some point, which I'm sure he's going to come back, you know, if not next week against Arizona, hopefully he comes back for that Cowboys game coming up. But that was very, very encouraging to me. I mean, there were multiple points in this game where the Niners are backed up third down. I think it was a third and 13 Ah, screen to Debo Samuel. He gets the first down. Like he's a cheat code on offense. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Nathan saying these types of games were losses in years past. Purdy might have a few off throws, but he doesn't go into his shell. He knows how to win. Here's the thing. I was going to say he didn't turn the ball over, which is true, but he did throw probably what could have been three interceptions on the first drive. I mean, there was literally one play where George Kittle had to knock the ball away from the defender and then did the defensive back celebration, which was hilarious. So I think that that first drive, Brock was like, holy crap. People are coming at me left, right, and center. I have no idea what to do. He's trying to get the ball out. I think it kind of caught him off guard a little bit. That was his shakiest drive. And as the game went along, Brock got more and more and more comfortable because he figured out what the hell was going on. But he started a little shaky. But luckily, I think he got more lucky than good on the first drive. But then after that, he didn't really put the ball in harm's way too much. And so, when again, when that is the quote-unquote bad part, the Niners are going to win because if they don't turn the ball over, they're going to beat you. That's just they have too many good playmakers on offense. They have too good of a defense. And so not having to deal with turning the ball over on that opening drive, I think, was a huge, huge benefit to the 49ers. And uh, eventually talent wins out, especially on a Thursday night football game. I always say uh, just the talented team's going to win. Just get the ball to your good guys. And that's what the Niners did for a lot of it. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Going into the game, I wrote an article for our website, goldstandardniners.com. They had like 67% of the touches, I think, for the Niners on the year. And 
that number didn't really go down tonight. I mean, McCaffrey had 18 carries and five catches. Debo Samuel had six catches and also had a carry in the backfield. So they, they carried a, a heavy bit of the load for sure. Uh, Carlos M says Brock Purdy looked more accurate deep than short tonight. Yeah, his ball placement was a little off tonight. But again, I think it was because he always had guys coming at him. He was trying to throw around guys, over guys. You know, it was it was not an easy night for Brock Purdy. I'll be interested to see what he says in the post game. I do want to take issue with one comment, though, and, and this isn't specifically on this commenter. I've seen a lot of people come at me on Twitter when I was talking about the offense struggling early in the game. Jeff says, Ayuk was missed terribly. Here's the thing. When you have three all pros without Brandon Ayuk, you can't really complain Well, and, and say, well, we missed this one guy, and that's why our offense was out of sync. Like, you have three all pros on the field. You can't, you can't cry poor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I disagreed with that assessment. Not to say that I, you, you know, it wouldn't have made a difference. Of course he would. But compare the 49ers lineup they're rolling out there with the Giants lineup they're rolling out there. Tell me who has the right to complain, you know? So, again, hopefully Ayuk gets back. And, again, they scored 30 points. So, I know it took them a little longer. They had 17 in the first half. They had 13 in the second half. Probably could have scored a little more in the second half if they had wanted to. Um. But, yeah, I don't want to go to the Ayuk thing as like, hey, you know, he wasn't there, so they can't be good. Like, that's not, no, that's absolutely not a thing. Uh, Oscar Torres, shout out to you. Thank you for the super chat. Oh, Chris Waddell, I want to get to this, too, because you're right, Chris. Lucky Trent Williams wasn't thrown out. This game got very chippy. I don't know what was going on with Trent Williams uh, and somebody for the Giants. I can't remember who it was. I wrote it down. Let me see if I can uh, look through my notes. Was it Robinson? Ashawn Robinson. Yeah. I've never seen Trent Williams get that pissed off at one person, but apparently something happened between them and they were getting into it. And Trent Williams threw a punch. He did like flat out Trent Williams threw a punch. You throw a punch. You're supposed to get thrown out. And that's what I tweeted out. And I know a lot of uh, Niner fans got mad at me. I didn't write the rule. Okay. I can just tell you what the rule is. And it doesn't matter if he got punched first, by the way, that just means both of them should get thrown out. It doesn't offset, you know, offsetting penalties. You just redo the play. There's no offsetting punches. You just throw both of the people out. That's supposed to be the rule. Doesn't sorry. If you think I'm a narc or whatever, again, I didn't write the rule. And, you know, I think we can be objective as fans when you see a punch and you can say, Hey, that's a punch. That dude should have been thrown out by rule. Am I happy Trent Williams wasn't thrown out? Of course. I'm not mad about it, but I can tell you that he should have been tossed. Like, those are two separate things. And let's just, you know, bring a little bit of objectivity into it here as I'm trying to pull it up for people on the, on the uh, stream. If you're watching on YouTube, there it is. You can see the punch right to the – and the ref is right there too. I don't know what the deal was, but – I guess he didn't see it. Boom. He comes in with the right cross right into the face mask there. He should have been tossed. He should have been tossed, but he wasn't luckily. And I'm happy about that. Um, but I had a lot of people in my mentions yelling at me. Sorry if you don't, if you don't like that. Um, I want to see what they say in the post game. Again, since I'm here by myself, if you see anything in the post game, please let me know. Okay, Judd is in the comments. Okay, stats. snitches get stitches. Again, it's not a secret. The game's on television, okay? Like, uh, you know, it's not like they have no other source on this information but me. Jared says the Kayvon Thibodeau threw a punch late in the game, too. I didn't see that. If he did, he should have been tossed also. He should have been tossed. You know, the Niners had a lot of penalties today. A lot of, uh, just a lot of flags all year, really. Even more tonight. Drake Greenlaw had another uh, 15-yard penalty. That's the second week in a row with one. The Niners on the night had six penalties for 71 yards. They hit a, a punt returner before the ball got to him for the second straight week. Like, some of these penalties are really, really avoidable. So, you know, get that cleaned up, 49ers. I'll just say that. Chris is back. Debo does still round off his routes too much. Maybe. I mean, he's not the most polished route runner. But, again, Debo was great tonight. Great. Six catches, 129 yards, had a 40-yard catch and run, 12 targets on the night. I loved it. I love to see Debo use as a wide receiver. I love to see Kittle use as a wide receiver. Blocking is the second best thing that George Kittle does. I loved it. Use him more. Use him more. He is a great receiver. There's that one play where, where Purdy throws it out to Kittle in the left flat. And there's Kittle 
and there's one Giants defender between him and the first down marker. And I literally had the thought right after Kittle caught it, like, there is no freaking way in hell that that guy is stopping George Kittle from getting that first down. It's just not possible. It's not going to happen. And what happened? Kittle plowed through him, stiff-armed him into oblivion, and picked up like 15 more yards on the play. It's crazy, man. It is wild how good the 49ers are after the catch. And I'll say this, as Brock Purdy got a little more comfortable, the one thing I like about Brock is that he usually puts the ball in a position to maximize the yards after catch, which obviously is a huge thing with the roster that the Niners have. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Let me scroll through and get to some of your questions. Oh, Jason says Greenlaw's penalty was a joke. Watch the hit again. The whistle was still being blown when the hit was made. Yeah, I think that's, I think so too. I was, I wanted to see a replay with the sound on the penalty because I wasn't quite sure that it was as bad as the ref said, but like, He's got him, Dre. Like, there's no need to come screaming in there and, and blast the guy. If you want to come over and make sure the play is over, you can come over and make sure the play is over without flying in and, and destroying people. That's the difference. Looking back at the game as a whole, I want to credit the Niners' defense. I know that the Giants had an early drive where you were like, hey, you know, they're moving the ball. What the hell? They got a field goal early. And after that, it was like Steve. It was it reminded me of D'Amico Ryan's where teams would have one drive and then the Niners would just put the clamps down. After the field goal on the first drive of the game for the Giants, here are the possessions. Punt, punt, field goal. Punt, touchdown. Punt, punt, interception, punt. That are the, those are the drives for the Giants. They had the one touchdown. But don't forget, that touchdown drive, the Niners helped them out big time because – that's when they interfered with the fair catch. That was a 15-yard penalty. So that Giants drive started at the Niners' 37-yard line. It was three plays. They ran a quick completion to Paris Campbell for seven yards. Then they got a pass interference on Darren Waller. That was a 22-yard penalty. And then Breida ran in the touchdown. So it wasn't like the Niners' defense let him drive all the way down the field. The stupid Niners' special team set the, the Giants up to score, and then the penalty really moved them into scoring range. So I thought it was a great defensive performance by Steve Wilkes and his defense tonight. And uh, that's encouraging too, because like I said, Wilkes is going to need a little time. He's still adjusting. He's still learning how to call this defense. Cause remember, it's not his defense. It's the Niners defense and Wilkes is, is coming in and running that system. So he's got to learn how to best use players and that stuff. Uh, and so that's a good sign that you can get wins while that transition is sort of happening. Daryl says, I love that Greenlaw plays that old school, hard hitting football. Let's go 49ers. I love it too, but like you can't be getting 15 yard penalties every week. You're not going to be playing the Giants every week. You know, like you can't do that. You have to have a little, just a little control over yourself out there. Can people just appreciate this? We're talking 13 straight regular season victories for the 49ers. 13 straight. That's incredible. Second longest winning streak in team history. Just enjoy it, man. I, I know that, you know, we were angsty during the first parts of the game, but we got to enjoy it. Larkin, thank you for the super chat. I just wanted to say I love this network. Keep it up. Thank you very much, Larkin. I really appreciate that. Normally, I have Levin Black or somebody else with me uh, in the post game today because it was a Thursday. People's schedules didn't line up, so you're stuck with just me. But I do appreciate that, Larkin. If you are new to the channel, like and subscribe. I appreciate you. We go live every single weekday. We do a 49ers and five show. That's just like a five minute show every morning just to update you on the news, the best sound bites and stuff. Just to make sure you see everything and hear everything that's going on with the team. 
Uh, and then we do interviews and uh, with guests and things like that. So hopefully if you uh, are new to the channel, give us a like and a subscribe. And I promise you, we will keep earning your time. Let me look back through my notes because I want to get to a couple other things. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention. The 49ers on third down tonight were absolutely fantastic. Nine of 16 on third down for the 49ers. That's why it felt like a little, um, I don't want to say struggle, but it felt tougher than it has been because the Niners wouldn't do much on first and second down. But then on, boom, third down, they'd find a way to convert. And then they'd kind of struggle a little bit on first and second down. And then, bam, third down again, they would convert. And as long as you do that, you're going to keep your drives going. You're going to stay on the field. The Niners had the ball for 39 minutes tonight. The Giants only had the ball for 20 minutes. They had the ball for 10 minutes exactly in the first half. So the Niners dominated time of possession, which I think was important because the defense was on the field for 78 plays against the Rams. So I think the defense was, you know, understandably a little tired out. The Niners offense did a great job of keeping the defense off the field, keeping them fresh in this one and not forcing them to be on the field for very long against a running quarterback. And by the way, we can get to that now because San Francisco did an incredible job against Daniel Jones. And the Giants didn't really run him on that many design runs, but on the game, Daniel Jones had two carries for five yards and he had one carry for one yard in the first half. So the whole Daniel Jones running thing was not a thing. So I don't know if we give Steve Wilkes more credit than we give Robert Sala or D'Amico Ryans, but he was fine against the running quarterback. So, hey, that's a feather in Steve Wilkes' cap that, uh, you know, he can hold over other 49ers defensive coordinators. Um, let's see. Chris Romo says, I think we can definitely feel Ayuk being gone. Again, they have three all pros. And by the way, it's not like the other guys struggled. Okay, like look at the other numbers. George Kittle, seven catches, 90 yards. Christian McCaffrey, over 100 yards from scrimmage again. Ho-hum, 23 touches, 119 total yards. Touchdown, 12 straight games, I believe. 12 or 13 straight games with uh, a touchdown for Christian McCaffrey if you include the playoffs. So it's not like the other guys struggled. And it's not like Brock Purdy struggled. He put up 310 yards. The 49ers had... 441 total yards in the game. The difference is they didn't cash in in the red zone. That was the real difference in the game. The 49ers got down. At one point, they had seven plays inside the Giants' 20-yard line and only got a field goal out of it. Niners got to the red zone five times, but they only scored two touchdowns. So that's the part that hurts. That's the part where you want to see them cash in a little more, and that's you know why it felt like maybe it was kind of a struggle, but you know, Thursday night, you don't have a lot of time to install the game plan. I caught them a little slack when they, when they score 30 points anyway, you know, last week it was Brock Purdy missed all those deep passes and they still scored 30 points this week. It was, Hey, they didn't score enough in the red zone and they still scored 30 points. As long as we could keep saying they still scored 30 points you can't really get too mad, can you? I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, don't forget where this offense was. Before Christian McCaffrey got there, this offense was scoring 19 points a game. And now they're putting up 30 points a game on their, even on their so-so performances. So let's not, you know, let's not get too worried. Uh, Mark Wing says no injuries again. There were some scares. <laughs> I will say that there were some definite scares in the game. Debo being the biggest one. When he went down and didn't get up, I was like, oh my God, did he hit his head? What's going on? And the crowd starts chanting, Debo, Debo, Debo. And he gets up and walks off. And then like two plays later, he comes back and catches the touchdown that puts the game away. So that was a little bit scary. Oh, it was a rib injury, according to Kyle Shanahan. Again, if you see this, uh, please update me on stuff in the chat because I'm up by my own self today. So it's a little trouble. Um, sorry, I'm just seeing a story that Minka Fitzpatrick was attacked by Browns fans for the way he tackled Nick Chubb. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought he was like actually attacked. That's whatever. Um, so yeah, if you see anything from Shanahan, uh, let me know. Getting out of Thursday without any injuries would be massive, would be absolutely massive. Uh, Chris Waddell says they probably only score three without penalties. Yeah, the Niners helped him out on some penalties. Um, but if the Niners can get them get out of this without injuries, that is huge. That is massive because then you're three games into your season, almost a quarter of the way through 
with no major injuries. I mean, we just saw earlier today, unfortunately, the Cowboys lost Trevon Diggs for the season to a torn ACL. So this is a spot. We're in uncharted territory with the 49ers because they have not had, you know, good injury luck. They've had terrible injury luck under Kyle Shanahan for basically the entire time. They've never been outside the top 10 and most injured teams under Kyle Shanahan. So please let's keep that going. But as I always say, wait till the day after the game till Kyle Shanahan does the day after conference call, because that's sometimes when you hear more about the injuries, people's adrenaline wears off, whatever the case may be. So it's good. Hopefully that they didn't have any big in the post game, but let's wait till tomorrow after the conference call. And uh, we'll have a better picture of what it's going to look like going into Arizona. I got the final number and I can throw up the passing chart. I'm just seeing it here from next gen stats. I'll throw it in the stream. If you're watching, I love the the chart and the, the numbers on Brock Purdy. So according to NFL next gen stats, the giant splits Purdy on 33 of his 39 dropbacks. That's almost 85%. That's the highest blitz rate in a game in the next gen stats era. Purdy averaged the fastest time to throw of his career. 2.34 seconds, and he was 20 of 31 against the Blitz for 247 yards and two touchdowns. And if you're watching the stream, you can see the passing chart. Definitely more passes to the left than the right, but it's still, you know, he's still peppered all parts of the field, I would say, pretty efficiently. Had a deep touchdown to the right of almost 30 yards. Had another touchdown, a beautiful touchdown, which I haven't talked about yet, to Ronnie Bell, the first touchdown of the game. He's got guys in his face, and he somehow gets it through the traffic and puts it out perfectly to Ronnie Bell. I think the anticipation with Brock is what has helped him with some of this. He's throwing these passes before these receivers break. So even if he can't totally see it, he's just throwing to an area, and he knows where the guy's going to be. And to their credit, the receivers are making the plays. I want to get to another super chat from Chris again. I'm sure the NFL would never announce it, but I wonder if there's been any studies in relation to the injury numbers on Thursdays versus Sundays. They claim that there's not an increase in injuries, but they also want to continue having games on Thursdays. So not really going to trust what the NFL says on that one. Gerardo, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate the donation. Oh yeah, baby. Gerardo, new YouTube channel member. Thank you. Appreciate that. Again, if you want to become a channel member, it's less than $3 a month. It's a great way to support the channel. So what do you think of the Brock Purdy passing chart? I think it's pretty good. I'm counting, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe 10 or 11 passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. But I think it's a little different tonight because, again, he was blitzed on like, what was it, 87% of his dropbacks, 85% of his dropbacks. So that's the correct play when you're getting blitzes to go to the check down, go to the guy in the flat. So I'm not going to ding him as much as I would maybe on a regular day. So I'll be interested to see what Brock says after the game. I wonder if he says anything about the deep passing. Let me know if if Brock does say that, because I think that was a little thing with him. I think he was a little ticked that guys were pointing out that he was missing the deep passes. He had a touchdown, uh, like I just pointed out to Debo. It was almost 30 yards in the air down the field to the right side. Shout out to Oscar Torres, new YouTube channel member. Yeah, baby. Thank you. I wonder if Brock gets into the postgame presser and gives a little, oh, was that was that a deep pass? I didn't notice, like he did in week one with Patrick Peterson. Oh, was that Patrick Peterson? Jesse on YouTube says, Brock keeps getting challenged and keeps rising on top. Gotta love it. I always talk about this with a young quarterback. Does he check the boxes? There are certain things you want to see a franchise quarterback do. And as you study and go along with them and learn about them. Does he check the boxes with Brock Purdy? It's like, does he get rattled? No, ever check the box. How does he handle the media? Is he composed? Yes. Check the box. Is he a leader? Do the guys look up to him in the locker room? Yes. Check the box. How does he respond after a quote unquote bad game against the Rams? Well, he comes out tonight and he drops the career high in passing yards. That's a pretty good response. 310 yards. Again, getting blitz more than anybody's ever gotten blitzed in the next gen stats era. Two touchdowns, no picks. I know he had some shaky passes on that first drive, but goes in the box score as a zero. Took two sacks tonight, 25 of 37. That is not, you know, a good number of attempts. The Niners don't want him throwing 37 times a game, but San Francisco also ran the ball 39 times a game. So they had the ball so much that I think it just it just racked up, basically. Um, 
permaculture now says career high on Thursday. It's a crazy stat. Yeah. Credit to Brock. Look, Brock is all about doing stuff that people don't normally do, right? Last pick in the draft. Here he is. Close quarters without McFadden. Niners probably have 48 points. Yeah, he made a bunch of plays for the Giants, actually. McFadden did. Um, so credit to him. He made a couple plays in the red zone, too. Chris Romo watching on Facebook. Shout out to everybody on Facebook. Brock puts up numbers and his two touchdowns a game continues. Yeah, the dude put he's like a friggin' machine, man. Almost every week he's throwing two touchdowns. That's not a normal thing. You know, that is what 34 touchdowns on the year. That'd be higher than we've seen from a 49ers quarterback since Jeff Garcia, I believe. Chris Waddell switching things over to the defensive side of the ball. Bosa off the goose egg. Look good tonight. He looked better, but like he he hasn't been playing bad. Bosa was the had the highest PFF grade of anybody on the team. Now, again, he didn't have the sack. He almost had a safety tonight. Which, by the way, if you listen to the show I did with Levin earlier today, I told you to bet the Nick Bosa sack over because it was only 0.75 and it was a 0.25 at one point once the news of uh, the Giants injuries came down. That cashed. So there you go. Also, I had George Kittle. I had over his receiving yardage in the game because he was at 43 and a half. That cashed. Hello. Daniel Jones, at least one interception. I had that too. That cash and Levin made me predict who it was going to be. And I said, Hufanga, and that's who it was. So I feel like I should get double credit for that. I'm just saying I was three for three. I had a good week this week. Antonio says, Mr. Stats, what are your thoughts on the no safety call with Nick Bosa? It wasn't a safety. They give you forward progress. So it doesn't matter where you land when you get tackled. It matters where you were tackled. And Daniel Jones, clearly his feet were not in the end zone when Bosa made contact with him. So that's why that's not a safety. It's annoying. And I think they gave him a pretty good spot after that because I think they probably should have been just about on the goal line, but it was a good call for it not to be a safety. I know Brian Dable was fired up by some of the calls. Jason says, dang, good calls. Yeah, they were, uh, he was fired up by some of the calls. Some of the, some of the interference calls were a little tacky, tacky, uh, ticky tacky, excuse me, but whatever. Niners get the win. The game is over. 30 to 12. 3 and 0 on the year. 3 wins in the season's what? First 15 days is that where we are? This is honestly, can you think of a better start for the 49ers than what we've seen? 3 wins. Brock Purdy's been healthy. All the big guns have been healthy. And they're sitting pretty in the NFC right now. 3 wins. They have two wins in the NFC. They have one in the NFC West. The Seahawks already have a loss in the NFC West. It's pretty much about as good of a start as the 49ers could have hoped for this year. Chris Waddell says, I also thought Drake Jackson flashed a few times. I don't remember seeing uh, a lot of Drake Jackson tonight. If I, if there was, I apologize for that, but I don't remember seeing that. And I thought he was going to get action because I thought Hargrave and Bosa were going to flush Daniel Jones to his side. I thought Drake was going to be able to chase guys down in space, but that really didn't happen. Daniel Jones was, was hemmed in. The the Niners rush kind of rushed around him and constricted and collapsed on him like a net almost. And he really couldn't go anywhere. Shout out Javon Hargrave, by the way, grave digger got his first sack tonight. Appreciate that. Uh, Gabriel, YouTube channel member for a month, says, I missed on the Kittle anytime touchdown, but Brock tried. Yeah, they they wanted to go to Kittle. They it's so it can be frustrating sometimes because I feel like it seems like Kyle just goes, Yeah, you know what? I think we should get Kittle some plays. And then he draws up plays like Kittle had tonight. What did he have? Seven catches for 90 yards. Like it seems like when Kyle wants to get George the ball, he has no problem doing it. Kyle just doesn't ever like to force it to people because they have so many other good targets. He always feels like he doesn't need to. And so that's why I think Kittle is sometimes underutilized. But when he wants to get the ball to George, George can get open and George delivers. He didn't get the touchdown, but seven catches for 90 yards is absolutely fantastic. I'll take that any day of the week. Please, Kyle, don't stop feeding George Kittle. Keep it going. Let's let's please let's use him more as a wide receiver. And you can tell they they use him in pass protection a lot of the time. If if they think that Brock is under pressure and he, and they need just to buy him that little more time, they don't hesitate to put him back there, which helps. But at the same time, then he can't you know catch the passes. Uh, Diego says Javon Hargrave sack celebration way better than Bosa's sack celebration. I don't like the shrug by Bosa. I really don't. I think it's boring. It's not exciting. You know what it is? It's the perfect Nick Bosa sack celebration because that's what his voice sounds like when he's talking. He's 
very calm, you know. Can't, I can't do the, the Bosa impression like Steph Sanchez, but that's just how he is. He's calm and soft-spoken. And so that sack celebration, like, it doesn't get anybody pumped up or riled up or ready to go. It's just shrug, shrug, you know, I don't know. I like a little, give me like a big kick or like a basketball celebration or something, but whatever. As long as he keeps sacking people, I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, okay. Let me check Twitter really quick to see what is being said in the post game. I see Matt Mayoko says a stat. I'll definitely repeat on the next podcast since his last interception, including the postseason. Brock Purdy is 125 of 190 for over 1600 yards with 10 touchdowns and a passer rating of 110.3. Now, again, like we've talked about, there were some close calls tonight with the interceptions. He definitely owes George Kittle a beer because Kittle literally knocked the ball away from a defender that was about to get an interception. But I also saw a tweet tonight that I like to said there's no such thing as a dropped interception, which is also true, right? You either intercept a pass or you don't, but you don't drop an interception. That would be impossible. Excuse me. Um, okay. Why can't I get this? There we go. Sorry about that. Uh, the real deal says Christian McCaffrey dropped a touchdown pass. Dropped, I don't know. Is it, I mean, he had it in his hands, but somebody knocked it away. The defender knocked it away, I thought. But Brock did put it right on Purdy. That was a dot by Brock Purdy. And uh, I, it was very similar to the play that uh, Christian McCaffrey ran against the Buccaneers. And it was almost there, but it was knocked away. You know, guy can't make every play. <laughs> the one thing I liked is that Christian McCaffrey had 18 carries in the game. Elijah Mitchell had 11. So I really like that they, Kyle talked about getting uh, a break for Christian McCaffrey and he delivered in this game. And I hope he continues to do it because it's not like it limited McCaffrey. He still had 18 carries for 85 yards and five catches for 34 yards. So, you know, it's not like you're hurting your team just to keep McCaffrey fresh. He still put up 119 total yards of offense and a touchdown. By the way, that was my pick for offensive player of the year. You can probably still get it now at a good number. I'm telling you, go. That is going to hit. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to do this every single week. Ben Richards watching on my Twitch page. Shout out to everybody on Twitch at Stats on Fire if you want to follow me there. Ben Richards says, Cone is salivating over almost throwing interceptions, no doubt. Look, you can focus on those if you want. And look, they were not good on the first drive. He was bad on the first drive for sure. But. Ultimately, what matters is the results on the field. There's a lot of focus with the 49ers on what should have happened, right? This should have been a touchdown. This should have been an interception. That shouldn't have happened. And I get that. Like, there are fluke things that happen in a game. And I think to be, you know, a high-level fan, or at least an objective fan, I should say, you have to acknowledge them. But also, you have to get over. Eventually, you have to look at what does happen on the field. And you can't totally discount what does happen on the field just because you thought something else should have happened on the field. So you can acknowledge that Brock should have thrown interceptions and also point out that he didn't throw interceptions and the 49ers capitalized on him not throwing the interceptions. So both can be true. Two things can be true. I know people struggle with that. Yeah, David Hamilton, new YouTube channel member. Appreciate you. Thank you very much again. Less than $3 a month to get priority comment response, custom emojis, membership badges. I really, really do thank you for the support. I literally could not do this without you. This is my only job now. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Obi-Wan, one of my favorites, Obi-Wan49 says, wasn't clean, but we should enjoy this. Yes. Remember, the close games when it would come down to a defensive player too, I would rather have this. Me too. Also, Brock Purdy got better as the game went on and hit a few deep throws. Thoughts? I totally agree. I think Brock was rattled early. As I said, Wink Martindale is a crafty defensive coordinator. He loves to dial up crazy blitzes, and he blitzed on 85% of Brock Purdy's dropbacks tonight. And Brock is limited. He still doesn't even have 16 games of experience in his career. So I think he was, I don't want to say rattled, but I think he was confused a little bit. He had to adjust. He was, you know, surprised, let's say, that, oh, holy God, everybody's blitzing. They got free runners on every play. It wasn't like the Niners' pass protection was bad. They were always blitzing more people than the Niners had in protection. So there was always somebody coming free, and Brock had to adjust to that. 
And he did for the most part. Again, 310 passing yards, career high for Brock Purdy, tied a career high for completions. So Brock did what he needed to do. Good. If if this is the like, what do I want to say? If this is how Brock performs the first time he sees something, he's going to be even better the next time he sees it because he's going to have experience at that point. So shout out to Brock Purdy. Great job. Chris Waddell says 49ers points in Brock Purdy's 11 games minus the NFC championship in chronological order. 33, 35, 21, 37, 37, 38, 41, 19, 30, 30, 30. Oh, the 19. Yeah, that was the Cowboys game. The offense runs smoothly with Brock Purdy in there for the overwhelming majority of his action. And that's what you wanted. How many games did we see with other quarterbacks, whether it was Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo or Nick Mullins or whoever, where we were always talking about the open guys that didn't get the football, the open guys that were missed, right? We're not seeing that now with Brock Purdy. I know the Rams game, he missed a couple of guys, but again, they still put up 30 points in that game. And that was by far the aberration. We are seeing Brock get the ball to the open guys, and we're seeing the open guys do what they do. There was a play to Debo on the 40-yard catch and run. He is so wide open when he gets the ball. There's nobody within 10 yards of him. It's easy. And then he catches the ball with a full head of steam. He breaks, I think it was four tackles I counted on the play, trucks guys, and then completely flips the field. So when Brock is in there, the plays are going down, they're being executed, and they are being executed exactly as they are drawn up. That is what Kyle Shanahan wants from his quarterback. And as long as he keeps doing that, the Niners are going to be just fine. Uh, I think I missed this super chat. Chris Waddell says, wrong. Hargrave got pick at once. Ha ha, he has two now. Did Hargrave get pick at once? I apologize if I was wrong about that. Uh, but it was nice to see Javon Hargrave get a sack. There are a bunch of plays where he is in the backfield like that, man. He is like friggin' lightning in there. One of the plays last week, he almost tackled Matt Stafford before a handoff. He got Daniel Jones on another one. I love those defensive tackle sacks where you just push the center right back into the quarterback and flatten them. I love it. There was a bogus roughing the passer penalty called against the Giants in this game. It didn't matter because the Niners completed the pass anyway, but yeah, they were fired up about that. I haven't seen too many Shanahan uh, comments. Have you, has anybody seen them? If you've seen them, throw them in there, and I love to respond to them. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ronnie Bell, too, by the way. Had the first touchdown for the 49ers. You know, only had two catches in the game for 24 yards, and his second catch really came on a ball that was deflected to Debo Samuel. That was another non-interception that Brock Purdy threw. Ronnie Bell caught it. The more Ronnie Bell plays, though, the more I like him. Like, I, you know, Juwan Jennings is good and third and Juwan and all that, but I hope that they can find a role for Ronnie Bell on this team because I think he fits in perfectly. He catches balls. He's actually faster than you think, and he blocks. He does all the things that a Shanahan receiver should do and that Shanahan likes. So I hope we see a little bit more Ronnie Bell. Chris Romo says he made a special teams tackle. Did he? I, I missed that if he did. Um yeah, Shaqy Chan, one of the best handles on Twitch, says Ronnie Bell has his head on a swivel more often than not. I, I do. I like him. I think he's like he's a gamer, you know, but he's a gamer that has like actual skill. He can run routes a little bit and he's fast. He's not like a gamer that runs like a four eight forty. So that's, you know, a pretty good combination, too. Yeah, I guess a lot of people are talking about Ronnie Bell on special teams. Appreciate that. J.R. Fultz says, almost 700 viewers, Rob, you're killing it. Just imagine how many if Levin was on. Let's not make things up. If Levin was here, it would be less. It would be much, much less. Let's be honest. He'd be, he'd be downplaying. He'd be wet blanketing because he's a human wet blanket. He'd be downplaying everything. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm interested to see the reaction to tonight's game. Because if you just watch the first quarter or the first half, you might think, ah, the Niners kind of a slow start. You know, the Cowboys put up 40 on this team. You know, what the hell? And then you watch the rest of the game and you see it ended up 30 to 12. And the Giants really had one good drive in the entire game. The Niners put the clamps down on them. So last week, I feel like the Niners didn't get a lot of credit. What do you think? I I think they didn't get a lot of credit last week because it was kind of like, well, they beat the Rams, but they weren't great. Well, now he whooped up on the Giants, 30 to 12. And we put out 30 points every single week this year. And we're 3-0. and And everybody, you know, had us picked as a Super Bowl favorite in the beginning of the year. And here we are looking as good as you can look through three weeks. So I hope we get the love. Give me the respect. Give me the love because I didn't feel it last week. And I know that doesn't really matter, but Look, it's fun when your team wins and then you get the whole week to hear how good they were. That's fun. Those are the fun weeks as a fan. If you can't enjoy those weeks, you're going to be sad a lot of the time because you're not going to win the Super Bowl very often. So you got to learn to enjoy that and take advantage of it when it happens. Just so happens the Niners have had 13 of those in a row in the regular season. Steven Duckett, YouTube channel member. Thank you, Steven, says offense is putting up 30 points a game and they haven't even gotten into their dominant groove that they always do by midseason. Defense is adjusting to a new defensive coordinator. Just wait until we get into midseason form. I do like that the Niners are stacking these wins early in the year because it's no guarantee that they go on a late season run, but damn, it sure is nice that they can win games when maybe they're not in peak form. And that's the sign of a really good team. That's what the Eagles are doing right now. You know, the Eagles are replacing seven starters on defense and both coordinators. They don't look the way they look last year, but they are winning games. The great teams can do that when you don't have your A effort or when, like the Niners were, you're on a short week, right? That's what the best teams do. And so hopefully the Niners will get better. They usually get better. Kyle Shanahan usually gets better when he has more tape and sees how defenses are defending him. So hopefully that'll be a strength for him. But They're racking up the wins now, baby. It's beautiful. Let me throw up the schedule really quickly if I still have it saved. Yes, I do. Here you go. Win week one Steelers. Win week two Rams. Win week three Giants. You got the Cardinals next week. That should be win number four. And then the Cowboys game. That is going to be one of the two or three most important games of the entire year for the 49ers. I cannot wait for that. You hope the Cardinals game is not a trap game, but again, the Niners are so much more talented than the Cardinals. Even if they, you know, fall asleep in the first quarter, they should still win that game. So if you're the Niners, what you want to do, you want to be going into that Sunday night football game 4-0. 4-0, hopefully everybody's healthy. If I'm San Francisco, I might consider resting Brandon Ayuk next week against the Cardinals. I'm, I'm not going to sit him down if he's healthy, but I'm telling him don't rush it, don't push it, dude. Because I want everybody in full force for that Cowboys game. That could have huge, huge seeding implications at the end of the season when teams are competing for the number one seed. So that's what it's setting up as for the 49ers, though. It is a beautiful, beautiful start to the year for San Francisco. Absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. Eddie says, bring on the Eagles. Yeah, that's the other one you're going to want to focus on is Cowboys and Eagles. Those are the last two. Um David says, big third down conversions tonight. Absolutely. I talked about it. The Niners were incredible on third down, 9 of 16. And they held the Giants to just 3 of 12 on third down. That's obviously huge also because that's why the Giants couldn't stay on the field. They could not sustain any drives. Their defense had to keep coming out there. And the Niners just wore them down as the game went along. You can't be on the field for that many plays, especially if you're the Giants defense and you don't have, you know, difference-making players like the 49ers do, you're going to get worn out. You're absolutely going to get worn out. Leon Dickinson says, Rob, you called a Hufanga pick? Yes, I did. Thank you very much. And look, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of betting genius. I definitely lose more than I win, but I did happen to go three for three this week. Yeah, I'm happy about it. Sorry. Again, enjoy the wins, right? Savor the little things. 
apparently there seems to be some sort of war between Cowboys and 49ers going on in the chat. I mean, if there's a Cowboy fan in here, you've got every right to be happy, but you can't say anything bad about the 49ers. Like, what's your criticism? They score 30 points every week and they haven't lost. <laughs> what's your criticism of the Niners? So if there's trolls in the chat, like have your fun, I guess, but whatever. You can't, you can't dissuade me from enjoying this one. I'm going to savor it, man. I'm going to absolutely savor this victory. I was on with Kay Adams. She was asking me. I was on with Kay this morning. She was asking me my predictions. I said the Niners were going to dog walk them. And for a little while, I was nervous. But ultimately, the Niners wore them down. And I think that's something that you'll see as the year goes along, too. There's just too many good players on the team. Again, Debo Samuel, especially when Debo is playing like this, six catches, 129 yards for Debo Samuel. When he's playing like that, this team is damn near unstoppable. Because almost every completion is either going to an all-pro, McCaffrey, Debo, or Kittle, or it's going to Brandon Ayuk, who looks like he could be having an all-pro year if he comes back and gets healthy. So when every single completion goes to guys like that, they're going to move the ball. Kyle Shanahan, apparently after the game, said, it's great to get 30 points three weeks in a row, but I feel like we left a lot out there too. Shanahan knows the 49ers offense still has room to grow. It's interesting. At halftime, he told, uh, I shoot, I can't remember who the member of the broadcast team was. I apologize for not remembering that. Uh, but he told the sideline reporter he was super happy and that he felt like his team was about to go on a roll. And it's like, wait a minute. Straight happiness from Kyle Shanahan? Like, who, who is this guy? Was he replaced by a pod person, by aliens? Like, I've never heard that from him. That tells you he thinks this team is not just good. He thinks this team is really good. He thinks he's going to be able to undress people as the year goes along. And that is a very encouraging thing. Chris Waddell points out something that I talked about. Daniel Jones makes $46 million. Brock Purdy, $728,000. I don't know. I think it's a little higher than that, but your point is made. I would never have spent $40-plus million for Daniel Jones. Never, ever, 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 ever. He only has one year in his career with more touchdown passes than starts, and they only play 17 games. So I would never have paid for that guy. Brock Purdy continues to be the biggest bargain in the NFL. There is no bigger bargain than Brock Purdy right now. Throwing two touchdowns a week, helping your offense score 30 points a game, making less than a million dollars a year. That's flat-out the biggest bargain ever. Flat-out the biggest bargain ever. Uh, Jameen Walker says stats love the show. Niner fans since 88. Yeah. Thoughts on the Greenlaw personal foul penalty. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> like I, I love the way Greenlaw plays. He is a hammer out there on the field and I get it. It's hard to, to rein that in, but these are avoidable penalties, which are a Greenlaw, especially when they're right in front of the official. Both plays have come right on the sideline, right in front of the official. And I'm sure by now, Greenlaw has a reputation. I am sure every team the 49ers play is sending Dre Greenlaw tapes of him with late hits when he's punching the ball out. I'm sure officials are aware of that at this point because he's been doing it for too long. So you got to rein that in. You have to. You can't get that every every week. You just have to rein it in. Uh, checking Twitter again. Let me see if there are any more uh, interesting post-game comments. Um, the Niners have scored 30 or more points in six straight regular season games dating back to last year. That's tied for the longest streak of any team in the last 10 years. Oh, I like that stat from Nick Wagner. Let me say that again. 30 or more points in six straight regular season games tied for the longest streak of anybody in the last decade. Anybody. Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, anybody. That's where this offense is right now. It is absolutely humming. And it was interesting to see the divided fan base during the game when Brock Purdy was struggling early on. There were a lot of Brock Purdy's mid comments in my mentions. And then at one point I complimented Brock Purdy and somebody said, oh, you didn't mention his pinpoint throw on the touchdown. It's like, dude, I just complimented him. So there are strong opinions on both sides of it with Brock Purdy. But you can, whatever criticism you want to lay at the feet of Brock Purdy, that stat says it all. 30 points, six straight regular season games, tied for the longest of anybody in the last 10 years. Anybody. So that's what I would respond with if I was Brock. 
The results are the results. It's a results-based business. Sign me 2-9 watching on my Twitch page. Christian McCaffrey tied Jerry Rice for consecutive games with a touchdown if you include the playoffs. Yes, he did. He's a freak. I mean, the guy is incredible. He should have had a touchdown catch tonight. He almost did. It absolutely was close. Keep him healthy. Again, I love that that Shanahan got him some rest tonight. Now he's got 10 days. Everybody's got 10 days to rest up, heal up, get ready for the Cardinals, and ultimately get ready for the Cowboys. Spooky Kabuki says, Brock seems to answer with a good drive when the other team scores. That's interesting. I haven't specifically noticed that, but let me look. After the Giants opening field goal, the Niners went five and out. Um, after the second field goal by the Giants, it was halftime. After the touchdown by the Giants, the Niners had an 11-play drive for 72 yards and got a field goal. That was the play where Debo had that monster 40-yard catch and run. Uh, and that was pretty much it for the Giants, so there weren't many more chances for the Niners to respond. But, look, Brock's doing just fine. You know, how many times did we hear that the plan in 2022 was to play Trey Lance and let him grow. And that by the end of the year, he would be a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo and he would be better. You know, he would improve and he'd be good for the playoffs, right? The same thing can happen with Brock Purdy. The exact same thing can happen, except I think what the Niners would tell you is they're starting farther ahead in that journey with Brock Purdy than they were with Trey Lance. So, Brock Purdy could be a much better quarterback by the time December and January rolls around than he is right now. And again, think about that because they're scoring 30 points a game right now. And I wonder if that, as I think about this, I wonder if that was part of the reason Kyle Shanahan was so happy at halftime. Maybe that's why he said, I think we could go on a roll because he's saying, damn, we could be better. There are plays out there. Brock can be better. Brock's getting better. And that's a great thought for us. It's a scary as hell thought for everybody else in the league, but I don't really give a crap about them now, do I? Uh, Jermaine Walker says, not a bad game for Moody either. Not bad for a third-round pick. Yeah, ho-hum. Jake Moody, all he does is kick field goals. I mean, I know he's going to miss eventually, and people are going to say, he was drafted in the third round. Well, guess what? Three for three again. Three field goals every week of the season, and three for three on extra points every week of the season. Give him a little credit here and give the Niners a little credit. They told you he was good. It was shaky in the preseason. He's been money. Antonio says, I like that Brock was avoiding big hits tonight. Yeah, he took a couple, but uh, there was a lot of, because again, they blitzed on 85% of his dropbacks. There was a lot of Brock kind of throwing and either fading back or he would spin. He would throw and turn his body to kind of shield himself from the hit. He's got a very good awareness and a football intelligence out on the field. He doesn't take unnecessary hits, even though he holds onto the ball sometimes, and he protects himself. And not every quarterback has that instinct. RG3 did not have that instinct. Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes did not have that instinct. It's, it's tough. If you don't have it, it's tough to get it. But Brock seems to have it. And look, we all know 49ers have not had a healthy quarterback season Actually, they've had one healthy quarterback season since 2014, and that was 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. So if Brock can do that and sort of manage things himself and protect himself in that way, that's going to be massive for this team. Massive. Jesse Garcia also points out one turnover in the last 12 games. Yes, that was a stat that I wanted to get to. Thank you very much. It's actually 13. 13 straight regular season wins. No game with more than one turnover. That's crazy. And by the way, that's the longest streak in the history of the NFL. 13 straight regular season wins and no game with more than one turnover. That's why they're winning all these games. Because they're forcing turnovers and they are not giving the ball away. And I know Brock had a fumbled snap, actually second fumbled snap in two weeks. But they go down to zeros in the box score. As long as the Niners continue to do that, this win streak is not going to end. They're too talented. They're just too talented. Double B Studio says Niners need a right guard and a right tackle. You're not wrong. You're not. It's it's really rough right now with McKivitz and Burford. They're just they're not that good, and they're they're struggling. Even against you know, in week one it was well T.J. Watt is there, and week two it was Aaron Donald's there, and week three it was like well the Giants have. Um, well, the Giants have uh, players. 
<laughs> you know, like it wasn't the same level of defenders and they still struggled. That's very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. James T. Kirk, YouTube channel member. Brock played against crazy pressure. Yes, he did. He absolutely did. And he responded well. And that's what you want to see from your quarterback. Just deal with it. Respond well. Make the plays that are there. Don't try to go crazy. And he did. We got a comment from Levin, who's apparently watching while he's working. I'm sure his company appreciates that. Levin says, Debo said he fell on the ball and had the wind knocked out of him. No injury to ribs. Outstanding. That's the best possible news we could have gotten there. I was terrified when he went down because, again, Debo and Christian McCaffrey had 67% of the touches for the Niners through the first two games of the season. So if he, Debo went down, then that would have been scary because you would have been down Debo and you would have been down Ayuk, but not the case. Like, he came back two, two or three plays later and uh, caught the touchdown that put this game to bed. Speaking of bed, I got a lot of work to do before I go to bed. So I think I got to call it a show for tonight. Again, Giants get the win 30 to 20. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, so much for all your support. I love doing these shows. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the little bell. You know when we go live. We go live every single weekday. So please hit that bell so you know you can join and be a part of the conversation because we love the interaction. And also, if you're a fan of the podcast, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you leave us a five-star rating and a review, that is massive for us because it helps us move up the charts. And that's the way that new people discover you. So if you want to support the podcast, that is the absolute best way to do it. Five-star rating and a review. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I literally could not do this without you. I really do appreciate it. And I promise you, I'm going to continue to earn your time. That is the best thing I can do for you. This is not a one-way street here. So you do something nice for me, I promise you, I will give you content and entertaining stuff for your day and hopefully help you be a, a more entertained fan. So thanks, everybody. Take the victory. 13 straight, baby. And we'll talk soon.